to the party he's bill i'm daniel we're gonna talk about pop culture media that we missed the first time around because either we didn't pay attention or we weren't alive this time we weren't alive because yes uh we watched night of the hunter we're getting into spooky stuff assuming that uh, listeners spooky. are listening to this sequentially yeah we're uh, because halloween is kind of coming up in a little bit uh, i figured i wanted to do something that i always heard was a scary movie this isn't necessarily a horror movie uh, i guess it's more of a psychological thriller or something like that yeah, but yeah. it's uh, night of the hunter an old uh, what 1955 1955 yeah uh thriller psychodrama starring uh, robert mitchum mm-hmm. shelley winters mm-hmm. Uh, directed by Charles Lawton, which I know, I, I this is the first movie I've seen involving most of these people. Also, Lillian Gish, the old silent film star. Yeah, I I recognize the name and I've seen pictures of her. I didn't realize it was that was the lady. The uh, we'll, we'll 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 get to that. Yeah. But what what do you know about it? Uh, Night of the Hunter. All I knew it was an old black and white movie that a lot of uh, people were scared of when they saw it. Like you know, like fifty, well, sixty years ago now, I guess. So is it sixty, seventy? What time is it? <laughs> no, but all I knew was about uh, it was an old black and white movie about some uh, scary dude chasing two uh, little kids, and he had love and hate tattooed on his knuckles, and that's all I knew about it. Definitely. And I, uh, the only picture I'd ever seen from it was what the, like the classic still where he's like leaning on a on a uh, railing, yeah. and he's got his hand on on the thing where you can see like it says hate tattooed, and he lo- he's dressed like evil Colonel Sanders. <laughs> yeah, and that's all that's I knew about this movie. But then I. I said with Halloween coming up, I wanted to have something that was a little scary—not necessarily like horror movie-esque, but something that was still like a little, you know, edging towards like, ooh, yeah. Well, yeah, definitely edging towards. Did not get to full spooky town on this one. This movie is spookier. This is a weird fucking movie for spooky, night. Uh... Not that all movies in the '50s were super milk toast, happy, friendly movies. But this is a weird movie for, like, 1955. Well, it starts off with a floating head Bible study. Yeah, with, like, little kid heads. Like, five little kids head floating in space and some old broad talking about... spooky kid singing. (laughs) So, like, it's like Poltergeist or something like that. Yeah. What the heck is this? This movie tries... This movie goes real hard for the whole, like, scary Bible story, kid singing, kind of creepy. I guess. It does, because, like, there's so much weird singing in this movie, and there's so many, like, little Bible songs, Mm. and, like... Yeah. It's, 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 uh, like, um, it it seems to be, like, one foot in, like, the 1930s Universal... Well, I don't think... I don't know if, like, biblical stuff was considered spooky back then. That's what I kind of, I but now I think it's more it. spooky. Yeah. But, although this is one of the first, this is one of the earliest Probably films I've seen. Probably the trope Like in the movie. 60s and 70s, a lot more, many more filmmakers kind of played into the whole idea of kind of the biblical violence, revenge, Old Testament kind of crazy shit yeah. in terms of like serial killers and stuff like that. This is one of the earliest movies I've seen of where it kind of taps into that a little bit mm-hmm. i mean granted i mean that's always been a thread throughout literature and stuff like it's not like 55 1955 was the first time anyone would have had a serial killer or some kind of crazy person just happened to be a religious person but is this guy even legitimately religious i guess he is i guess i guess the killer should we talk about more what the movie is about before we start talking about like uh, what's yeah, going on in the movie because i know you like to break down like scene by scene what happened in this movie but it is I don't know why I'm so creeped out by this movie a little bit. Not even creeped out, but, like, I think it's... I did not expect it to be so arch. 
of an of a movie. Mm. Like the artificiality, the fact that it goes so hard for the um, uh, German expressionism. Like it's such like the artifice in this movie is so artificial where uh, people are being like so there are scenes inside that take place inside the kid's house that's done up like a stage play where the room that they're in is just like floating in darkness and they're just like sitting in a cross section which it makes sense Charles Lawton he was a theater actor and he, like he I guess yeah. guess he directed a lot of plays and stuff like that so he kind of took some of that and applied it to this movie where. Yeah, between uh, the art, like the artifice of how uh, some scenes were uh, staged and shot, and then like the artifice of some of the scenes, uh, some of the scenery itself, like backgrounds and stuff. How th- as as the movie gets more fucked up and the movie gets more uh, scarier, like the more heightened the movie gets in terms of its like artistic style and stuff. Yeah. I thought it was really, I don't know. Well, let's start from the beginning, I guess. Yeah. Um, this is a movie that follows John and Pearl, two little kids. Um, yeah, the who, first yeah. who aren't the best actors in the world. Um, I really like but... John. Pearl is terrible. She got she got five head. <laughs> she only just got four head, but she got, she looks like she's looks even like better. A weird little even doll. better in later in the movie when her hair's like pushed up. Yeah, and exactly. She looks like a and... weird, scared little old lady. No, I like uh, that's, that's, I like that's... John. He looks like a little Peter Stormare. Yeah, he's got that smirk about him. Yeah, so. I actually like the kid uh see so uh, the movie, i like john the movie starts at like like i said the floating head bible study where some old lady's telling a bunch of kids and they're just floating there with kind of like that creepy attently. even the font of the movie like the credits and everything is that kind of yeah. like slightly off kilter serif font that was kind of like uh like kind of like used for like sitcoms and stuff at the time but when you've got like the creepy kids singing over on top of it not that i was like really that creeped out by this movie but like the weirdness of it it was just really yeah, yeah. So, so then that ends, and it's like, okay, that was a thing that happened. Yeah, it's an old lady doing a Bible study with yeah. a bunch of floating head kids. It's I mean, like the beginning of a, a, a of It's a Wonderful Life, except instead of galaxies talking to each other, it's like a little <laughs> kid heads floating yeah. in space. So then we meet the main protagonist of the movie. Uh, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? Who? The main protagonist? Yeah. The character. Is it not the children? Or not protagonist, antagonist. You mean like the main? Well, the main character of the movie is yeah. Harry Powell. Harry Powell, yeah. Yeah. We meet him, and he's dressed like a preacher. And, yeah, he's dressed like evil Colonel Sanders. Uh, he's talking about. He's driving a car, talking about. He is so merrily driving. He's driving the <laughs> fuck out. Of he car. is happy to be driving that. He's car. doing that rear projection, yeah, like, "Hey, God, I'm talking to yeah, you. I'm not like, looking at the road." Thank you, God, for sending me another widow. Here's and, my uh, exposition. Here's what my character is and does, and no, no, yeah, no. pretty well, much. Well, technically, actually, really, even before that, they have a really interesting uh, shot where. Uh, they show uh, a bunch of kids discovering the bodies, uh, oh, the, the body yeah. of one of his victims. Yeah, and it goes straight I from like the kids float, their heads floating in the sky. To it was interesting again, like the like from a technical point of view, this movie is pretty ambitious. Where it kind of like starts up like float, like flying above a city, yeah. and then over a farmhouse, and then kind of like tracks into the farmhouse and pushes past the kids' shoulders to 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 show the feet of this lady at the top of the cellar yeah, door I steps. Completely forgot that. I don't know, just interesting, like how they dissolve from one. Thing like if if this were filmed now it would just be like a drone shot someone would like go yeah. from like above well, it was weird because now i didn't connect those scenes with him at all yeah oh that's yeah. His, that's one of his victims yeah i figured that yeah. now but that scene fell out of my head yeah see i went i had so, most of the movies that we're discussing on this thing i go back and watch twice just yeah, to catch any kind of details like that yeah insane. so also um i have a oculus headset <laughs> And it's got a theater mode in it. Yeah. And I decided to watch this 
this oh you were talking this about this in the theater mode in it yeah. uh and i think it actually increased my enjoyment of the movie how so just like having it fully encompassed like acting like i'm sitting in a theater and having it on the big screen in front of me yeah because it does I the think virtual reality actually... thing where it like like has light bouncing off the screen yeah. and all the seats around you can like yeah. look around all the empty the seats around. you're, you're like it, by yourself in a movie i think theater. it actually did increase my okay. enjoyment of the movie a little bit That's even it's hard to say because it's the first time i've ever done it like i said but... this movie is already so kind of like artificial and heightened anyway then 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 the fact that you're watching it inside a virtual reality headset yeah too like, is like extra just removed from like parts of the movie that i'm pretty sure normally wouldn't have uh, made me feel anything at all. I was actually a little bit tense during. <laughs> okay, yeah, because I, this I'm pretty sure. Structured, yeah. yeah. It's but... not. I, this is also. I feel bad too because this is one of those movies where, you know, if this were 1955, this would actually be kind of a scary fucked up movie. Well, yeah. Now, 60 years on, it's kind of like ah, So, so um, we, so we have him drive along, telling how he basically telling God, thanks for all the murders you've brought, you've given to me for yeah. the widows and whatnot. And then we get the couple of the kids playing in the yard, uh, Pearl and John, and Peter Grave from Mystery Science Theater 3000 comes driving up. See, I know him <laughs> as the host of any biography. Okay. So when he shows up, I, he didn't even have to open his mouth. I, I was know like, him. It's, it's biographies, Peter Graves. How I, showed up. I know him as Mystery Science Theater 3000. Hi, I'm Peter Graves. Because I think that's the joke they were making because when they, yeah, exactly, yeah. Wasn't that when they dressed Mike up like Peter Graves? There's been a cut. He's a running theme. Because they so for a while Mystery there, they Science split Theater. Mystery Science Theater three thousand and half and did hour long episodes for yeah. like. Uh, and then they had. I think they got Mike Nelson dressed up. He was was it Peter? I think maybe it was another. Maybe it was. He was dressed up as different stuff. Anyway, but yeah, but yeah, but Peter Graves shows That's, up. Yeah. To uh, be like, <laughs> he gives this exposition like, where would I hide it? Where should I hide it? In the well? No. The look there. In the barn? No. No. Not there. What? There. Yeah. They'll never think to look there. I do like he's the fact, one, yeah. He's one step away from saying, yeah, that's the ticket. <laughs> I do like the fact that they don't actually show where he hides the money. Yeah. Which is weird, too. So, I guess... Okay, so Peter Graves, from A&E Biography. I guess he's a and family he's man. A, he's got a gun in his hand the entire time he's saying this, Yeah, it's depression-era family man who has, I guess, has just robbed a bank. Yeah. He must be a terrible robber, because I guess he's just killed two guys. He's got He's been shot himself. I guess yeah, he's got blood on himself. Oh, I didn't notice And he blood. just drives... He obviously fucks up the robbery and then drives right back home yeah, to, with the yeah. money. With like He essentially shows up with money in one hand, the gun in the other. You almost wonder how he was driving, because he's like shows up... Like he's, a, he's a Halloween costume of himself when he shows up. This Everybody in this, this movie That's is a Halloween said, costume. Yeah. Themselves. Um. So he's and then he says he's like, yeah, that's the ticket. I'll hide it there. Sure, I'll never decide. That's kind of the way it is. So then the cops show up and uh, they're like, "Doc, the knife. We don't want to shoot you in front of your kids." And uh, it's like eight cops or something like that. And yeah, they hit him and hit him on the back of the head. And John's like, "No!" and holds his stomach. No, Dad. No. Yeah, he also again this like 1950s kid acting, which that kid acting, the physical acting, yeah. that that took me out of the movie more than anything else because it was such pain. <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily the kid's fault, but it's obviously the directing. Yeah, he had been directed to be like su- again super arch, but arch acting and style and stuff works fine with adults, but when you got kids like trying to act too like, oh no, yeah. Dad, what's going on? That's when the artifice really—it's no longer just artifice; it just 
corny. So, so that's what yeah. happened. Yeah, he holds his stomach and goes, oh, the pain of watching my father get arrested. Which oh, is weird, because they could have just taken his hands and put them behind his back. I know, yeah. Put handcuffs on him. He's he not the the He knows he's going to jail. He's <laughs> yeah. not like, yeah. Like, right, I guess he just did shoot two people. Um, but yeah, so the dad gets uh, hauled away to jail. So so the police put him in the car, and then they all just drive away, leaving the kids there There's no... with the mom running up. No, there's no explanation. I know the mom not goes not even one of them stays behind to be like, I'm sorry, ma'am, your husband robbed a place and shot I'd like people. to think the mom's coming out. Drive him the fuck the away. just left an hour earlier. He's like, uh, honey, I gotta go get some cigarettes. And she comes out and she's like, oh, I just, I made his, his sandwich. Wait, what? I just made sandwich. Why is he being hauled away by eight like, cops? These are terrible police officers. Yeah. Why, why are the kids in the yard crying? Like, what the fuck was this? And like, yeah. Oh, and but before he does that, after he hides the money, he's like, you gotta swear, John. You gotta swear to me. I swear as a promise. <laughs> Swear, swear to take care of your sister and it's funny because it's actually not that bad never tell no it's not but it's peter graves nev- yeah. so it's like it's it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a swear as a promise mate. Yeah. So, yeah swear never to take care of your sister and, and never tell nobody yeah, it's where, more that, where you hid the money that's never, the 1950s if this never was the 1930s no it would be a schmidt yeah, yeah never that's tell, the 1950s basically makes both of the kids promise to never a, tell anybody do where we, the, do we read this pretty good movie because we're not like meaning to tear into it it's just goofy, though. I I, like it. I said, I, I, I think I enjoyed it more than I would have with seen it in my Oculus. Yeah, okay, yeah. Which is such a pretentious <laughs> fucking thing to say, and you I'm sorry. You but, motherfucker. <laughs> but, but... Re-eating, like, an uh, organic uh, granola bar. Well, fuck no. Yeah. Um, so he gets hauled away to jail, and then they go to a courtroom scene where a judge is like, well, you killed two people, so... You're going to, yeah. We're going to hang you. And he and, goes, okay. Yeah, he's like, all right. This is just he's... connective tissue of the film. Okay, and a little I'm not going to put it After that, we, we go uh, into well, you... the jail. What? Well, you know, it go, well, then it goes back to Harry Powell. He's still free. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Because they so, meet in jail. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so it explains I, how Harry yeah. Powell ends up. So just, um... he is watching a burlesque <laughs> show, and uh, that. Lady has the biggest camel toe I've ever seen. Really? I didn't even notice. Yeah. I was like, oh. I mean, granted, it was on the quote unquote big screen for me, so it was really Well, that's a good point. Yeah. And everything. I was like, oh, man, that can't be comfortable. Well, it's funny because, like, it cuts back to Harry Powell. He's still driving all fake in his car. He's like, you know what? I hate perfume things. I hate things. Yeah. Carla hair. And it literally dissolves to a perfumed lady with curly hair, like, doing, like, the crappy 1950s. I. Again, this movie is so dated. <laughs> just because, like, the idea that that passes for burlesque. Right, it's and it, more, it's burlesque. It's yeah. not, like, modern strip tea yeah, stuff. Yeah, we get a close-up of his hand with the words hate on it. His yeah. other hand has love on it. Then he gets a knife bullet. And he gets, we'll like, he, like, makes a fist, and he's, then he sticks it in his pocket, and you hear the click of his switchblade. And then the cop comes up to him and is like, is that your car outside? It's like, how the fuck did you know, <laughs> I know one like, dude in the theater is again, it's because, his car? Because it's almost like a fairy tale, like the logic and all this stuff. Yeah, if you really start thinking about logic. And he just kind of looks at the happen. cop and then we go to the... Well, there is a great... One of my favorite lines in the movie is actually when he's getting his knife boner while staring at the lady. Well, mm-hmm. I guess I guess he, he, he interprets the fact that his knife actually goes... Accidentally goes off in his pocket as God telling him to start... To at least kill her. Oh, yeah. And for yeah. a moment, he's like, God, God, I can't kill everyone in this room. You can't kill a world. Yeah. Which I think the phrase, you can't kill a world, is even like for this crazed, God-fearing psycho killer in the middle of this crowd, even he recognizes, I can't kill anyone. I have to make, you know, I have to make my choices yeah. here, so he's going to have to wait. But he's in the middle. 
literally having this conversation out loud with himself and with God when, yeah, when the guy when the cop shows up and says, "Hey, so you stole a then, car." Yeah, then he's they go to a judge and the judge is like, uh, "Mr. Powell," and he's like, "Preacher Powell." Yeah, and he's like. Uh, Mr. Powell. Well, you get the <laughs> idea that that's how he's gotten by so far. Is like whenever he's gotten trouble, he's always pulled the "I'm a preacher" and I know the Bible. Yeah. I know my I'm, I know my verses. So that kind yeah, of like so that, that's how he greases the, the wheels. The judge basically says you are going to go to jail for a while for stealing that car. Yeah, and that's how uh, Peter Graves uh, meets him. Uh, in jail, Peter Graves is really happily kind of lounging. Yeah, Curious don't give he a shit. He is happy as shit just to like, be in I jail. Got, it's depression. He got three square meals a day. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe his ki- his kids are obviously like little weird bad acting turds, so he yeah. doesn't care about his kids. Maybe his he's wife, happy. Maybe he's happy to be out of that town because fuck that town. <laughs> that town. That town. We'll get to that town. His wife, his kids. Seriously, fuck everyone in this movie. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um. Um. But. Then uh, he's talking. Peter Graves is talking in his sleep. He's like, "The children, the children will lead you, or lead, l- be led by the children, or something." In a biblical Again, because verse, this movie is such like a fairy tale. Like you, for some reason, this guy is like quoting Bible verse in his yeah. sleep. Yeah, enough to get like the attention of of evil Harry Powell who's sleeping. Yeah, in the and, and Harry Powell's head pops down and is like, "Bro, what? What money? Like, what are you saying? What are you saying? Tell me about money. What are you saying in your sleep?" And they have a conversation back and forth where Harry Powell's basically like, where'd you hide the money? And Peter's guy's like, I'll the never tell. And then he shoves a sock in his own mouth. Yeah. Why did Peter Graves shove a sock in his own mouth? He just wanted to. He's going to be dead in like three days. He don't give a fuck. He he'll... was like, was that something in 1955 that people just shove socks? In That's their how mouth? you show you're going to be quiet about stuff. You, if, yes. if, if you. <laughs> When you made a promise to someone, well, there was a deleted scene where um, he makes his son promise not to tell anyone about the, uh, the the money. He takes off one of his socks and shoves it in his son's mouth. And that's how you seal the deal in 19, 1930s West Virginia. Now you don't say anything else. Book. Book. Um, I'm going to start to do that yeah, when I'm done good, with conversations. That was just a contractually binding act. Take the sock off until the mid '60s. I'm, I'm thinking mm-hmm. legally, that was like that's, that's basically like signing with an X. Yeah, shove a sock in it. Exactly. That's yeah. where the saying "shove a sock" and it came from. Yeah, it was literal. Yeah. yeah. Um. So then he's hung. Well, that's kind of uneventful and just happens off screen. Although I do like you get the hangman is all like, "Oh yeah, I love hanging people." There's a little thing you don't get well, to no, see no, him he hung. Doesn't, but you he see doesn't the really do that. that. Which he's, is just setting it's up more. The... He left behind a widow and two kids, and he's like. Martha, I don't know. Oh, no, mother. He calls his wife mother, because that's what you did in 1930s when this movie took place. Yeah. Uh, he's like, mother, I don't know if I'm cut out for this anymore. And she's like, oh, you always get depressed after a hanging. It's like, bitch, yeah, he always gets depressed after a hanging, because he just killed a dude. <laughs> and I totally they're bo- forgot they're, about that They're scene. both, like, 60, and they have, like, uh. a three-year-old and a five-year-old in bed. I'm like, man, you guys are putting work in late in life. I think your kids should be a little older than that. <laughs> I know, exactly, yeah. But uh, oh, that's man. basically the scene that lets us know that Peter Graves is now dead. Yeah. Uh, a little anticlimactic, yeah. And then uh, we get the kids, like, walking around town. I can't even like, what's the connective tissue yard... between, yeah. Fuck if I know. There's there's no connective tissue in this movie. That's yeah. one of the problems with it. But then oh, the yeah, kids are walking. It's a fairy tale. We're just, walking just... through town and we get like a children's nursery song about hanging. Oh, high, that's why. Hang yeah. Them, hang them, hang them. I'm like, do they know geez. that? Are they singing? <laughs> and this is your first glimpse of the, how evil this town is. 
And then uh, the kids walk past where I'm assuming their mother works, Spoons, which is the name of the couple that runs it. It's, I and love this. It's an ice bitch. It's an ice cream spoon. shop called Spoons, run this by the Spoons. Lady is like, it's not right for a lady to raise two children without a husband. It's like, bitch, his body isn't even cold yet. And you're riding her ass to get remarried? What is wrong I with like you? It's like, it almost seems to be literally Holy the next crap. day. Yeah, exactly. His body's still, like, fucking not even room temperature yet. You got the kids singing about how he's been hung walking <laughs> past the ice cream shop where you've got the owner of the ice cream shop telling the mom who's, whose husband has just been hung, this, oh, yeah, what are you doing? You gotta go get married. What you doing? Yeah. This lady is this the is... absolute worst. Her, her name is Icy Spoon, no less. Oh, I hate her so much. Which is that a nickname? Did she only get the nickname Icy Spoon after lady, she's like she founded the ice cream shop? This lady like, only gets worse. Oh no! She's well, I do. Worse. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna jump forward a little bit in the movie a little bit uh, with with this comment, but I do like the fact that this movie is kind of like a little bit of an examination of like blindly following religion, where this lady is just like the kind of like a Christian person who just like blindly like believes in Christ and just. But is, just hasn't like absorbed any of it. She's a very like facetious uh, Christian. Whereas I do like the uh, Lillian Gish when she shows up. She's actually like hardcore. Actually, she's actually lived life, and she's actually she's actually taking you know Christian shit to yeah. heart. She's actually a little more of an actual but... legitimately just person. But oh my god, this lady is Icy Spoon. Is the who's the evil evil lady from Deep Space Nine? The, oh, I don't uh, remember. Oh names my god. Me. There was a re- evil religious lady in Deep Space Nine. Um Oh my god, I forgot her name, but she's the same person who just kind of runs around with religion and kind of mm. shows down people's throat and you just want to beat the shit out of. But well, yeah, even this lady, without the religion, this lady's a effing lunatic. Kai Wen, that's what I'm thinking. Talking about like, well, it's not right for, well, for kids to not have a father, so so you got to get married. We'll Icy get there. Spoon facilitates like a lot of the shit that goes down in this yeah. movie too. It's not just her bitch just being a bitch, but it's just like, oh my god. So, so then we. The terrible thing is like everyone knows an Icy Spoon in the real life. I ever like this is this is an archetype that exists all over the place, yeah. where it's like super nebby, facetious person who just ca- who just wrecks shit because they can't just leave well enough alone. He has to get like neb, and like yeah. oh my god, yeah. So then we get the Pearl and John sleeping in bed, and. John gets up and looks out the window, and we see Powell outside singing his song, uh, which he sings throughout the movie. And he gets back in bed, and Pearl's like, what was that? And he's like, just some man. I'm like, just some man? Looking at There's our a window. creepy em- motherfucker outside your window. I'm sorry. No little boy is going to be like, just some man. I guess the Depression era made him like 30 years old. <laughs> the yeah. time he was like seven or whatever he is in this movie. Sister, it's just Jeez. evil Colonel Sanders. Just check it over us. Yeah, so... Yeah. Uh, then... I do... Oh, so then we go... Well, again, yeah, but that's, this kind of goes back to the German Expressionism thing I was talking about. How, like, just how arched and theatrical it is. Yeah. The fact that like his his shadow looms so large in their window. Yeah. Like it's just like the light on the wall, and even though like the lighting doesn't necessarily make it sense, doesn't make sense at all. Like he'd have to be <laughs> sitting least, in front of no, because I thought it was like looks like it was on a of... sheet. So I thought he was coming up from behind a sheet. Yeah, because he yeah even from it, shot yeah, to shot in that work. sequence doesn't make sense. But yeah. again, it's it's the artifice. It's, yeah. It's yeah, it's a the movie itself is kind of like a Bible story. So then yeah. we meet Uncle Bertie, 
Which I thought they were we were spending a lot of time with Uncle Bertie in this movie because he would turn into something. Yeah, no. But no. Nope. Useless Uncle Bertie. Um, and we're who, getting the lesson that most of the adults in this movie are generally useless. That seems to be one of the big thesis of this movie. Yeah. But um, we meet Uncle Bertie and he says, come have a cup of coffee, seven-year-old boy. I'm like, man. It's a different geez, time. Bertie. You're talking about an era where kids just, they made whiskey and they drank whiskey for breakfast. Yeah. So, they worked at the mill. So John's like, is my dad, is my pop skip done yet? And he's like, not yet. It'll give me, give me a couple of days and it'll be done. Yeah. I like that that's my default Is he working on the boats? Old timey people. That, yeah, that's what it was implied. Is that what it was? Oh, I didn't even pay it. I didn't even yeah, uh, pick up on that. Yet. Yeah. Uh, but then we go to uh, Spoon's ice cream parlor where Pal is now... Um, meeting and he does his I, uh, I'm gonna would you like me to tell you the story of love and hate and then he does this whole it's a great scene this though. whole speech about love and hate and the battle and when he clasps his hands together and uh, after he does that um, uh, Bitchy McGee says I've never heard it better told when have you ever heard that before you crazy old boy well knowing that this movie is all about a crazy guy with love and hate tattooed on his knuckle i was always like what is the just why would he do that why would not anyone think he was weird but i do like the fact that it plays into his whole preacher act uh, which i guess to him is not really an act it's really what it is but he's, well like, later so on before he does something evil he's like holding his hand up to the moonlight his hate hand yeah like right before he kills somebody yeah. yeah and i get the impression that was supposed to signify like the hate hand taking him oh over. like rising yeah well yeah, i guess you could argue that like and, yeah because then the... he gets out his knife and kills somebody but we'll get to that yeah that's some metal but, gear solid so, shit so i assume his hate hand is the hate hand is ascending over. yeah exactly yeah. i could see it, that actually kind of makes sense over. Over. and his love yeah. hand is just again this movie's like weirdly theatrical enough that kind of makes sense within the logic of that world like the biblical logic yeah yeah uh so uh, then she's like, you won't be leaving town, I this old bitch, you won't be leaving town anytime soon, I won't hear of it, you'll be at the picnic that we're going to have, cause, oh, cause the old dude, or not the old dude, the, uh, uh, Powell is like, that fudge sure smells good, and she's like, well, you can't have any, Does he, it's oh, for right. the picnic, you had to show up the picnic to get, get my, my fudge. fudge, and I wrote, fuck that old bitch and her fudge, <laughs> and then and my, this... ne my next one was, fuck this cunt, because man, uh, you did not like this lady. No, I hated her um, because the next scene is the picnic, and she's like, she is, she's basic. She goes and sits on the bench with uh, the mom. What's the mom's name in this? Uh, Willa. And we'll just call her idiot. We we'll just call um, her mom. Well, that, well, that's everyone. All the adults in this movie are such idiots, though. That's that's kind of a catch-all. So it's. So I think it's Willa. She sits down on a bench with her and tells her basically again, the kids need a father. This stranger that yeah, just rolled into town like and we've known for two hours. Yeah, you should totally marry him. Go marry him. Which is weird because in the movie, like literally, like in the next scene, they are always all of a sudden married. Well, no, no, like no. there's no courtship or so, anything. So then, uh, is there is there more? Because I thought it was pretty much the old goes ladies, from her saying you should marry that guy to oh we're married. Not quite. Uh, okay. The old ladies like come on, jo John, go eat an apple. And he's like, I don't want an apple. And she's like, You listen to me. I'm like, man, could somebody stab this lady in the throat, please? <laughs> oh, I didn't realize because then he also gives so an then, apple to the cool lady at the end. Which, That's kind which of like makes, a book ending. I don't know if it was an apple. She well, an apple, but it is. Th but, I thought it but, was an apple. But uh, it again, probably, bigger I don't know. biblical imagery. But, um, 
so that gave frees up the mom to go talk to Powell, and they're talking back and forth while and the old lady's like if she doesn't hurry up somebody else will snatch up that man it's like no nobody's gonna snatch up that creepy preacher yeah um so uh and i'd like to think every time he's meeting people in this town he's just going through the whole love hate <laughs> hand wrestling thing where <laughs> like you see me just going at the corner of every block you can't even get down the the the, 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 the fucking street without literally stopping at every going, the, the, the so, love and hate brr, 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 brr. um then i think we're back at the spooning parlor and like everybody's celebrating because they're gonna get Wed and my favorite line happens. Well, that's here. what I'm saying. Like, like there's no courtship. It's yeah, just, no, absolutely. It's no. it's Icy Spoon saying, "Hey, you should marry this crazy guy," and then suddenly, like, yeah, yeah. It's Good like job, they've, they've been married. But it's got my favorite line where the mom says, "My whole body is just a quivering with cleanness." <laughs> gonna, just like, I was like, "What?" Is I don't want to hear that? quivering come out of anyone's <laughs> mouth in this movie. No, it's quivering just... with the cleanness. I know a lot of people object to the word moist, but quivering. <laughs> You're quivering with moist Not that quivering freaks me out that much, but, like, if you're going to get freaked out at work, quivering is a little more justified. Uh, especially, then, oh, God, okay, yeah. So then we get Powell. Especially because it's, you know, sexual context because she just got married to this guy and it's all yeah. kind of like, you know, blah, blah, blah. So then we get Powell. Oh, and also, uh, at the picnic, um, Powell was like, I knew the father, your guys' father in prison. Uh, is this he- the first time he meets the kids? Yeah, in, in the we're, movie, we're going back a little bit. Yeah, the, the and uh, he. Oh, that's uh, right. Because one the, yeah, yeah, one of the main things with it's when he's acclimating himself to the yeah. The, the mom's like, yeah. "I'll never feel clean until I know where the money is because it's eating my soul or something like that." Because she feels bad for it, and Pal tells her that he knows where the money was hid. It's on tied to a rock in the bottom of the stream, which isn't true, obviously. Yeah, it just makes um, it, it's kind of a weird, arbitrary lie out of the blue. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that makes her feel so much better that she'll just marry this dude, and that's why her body is quivering with the. That's what it was. Okay, um, which I'm kind of surprised. The first thing she doesn't do is like, okay, let's go in the river and dredge that shit up. It's ten thousand fucking dollars. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, that could have so, easily backfired on 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 Powell. But yeah. So then um, Powell is telling, uh, like, your mother thought I should tell you that. We're going to get married. And John's like, you'll never be my dad. You'll never be my dad. Which, you know, that's fine. That's how a child sometimes acts to that kind of news. Especially if it's some random guy that your mom met this morning. Um, And then Pal's like, well, it's going to happen. And then this stupid kid's like, I'll never tell you where the money's hidden. It's like, why did you just blurt that out, you dumb-dumb? You're the worst at secrets. You're broke. Yeah, it's, yeah, You're the that's... worst at se- all secrets. Uh, I kind of uh, wonder how the rest of the movie would have played out if he hadn't said, oh, hey, essentially came out and said, hey, I know where the money is, but I'm not going to tell you. It's just like, you're the fucking... Because, <laughs> like, John is relatively smart for the rest of the movie, but, like, such, like... It only happens because that's what the plot needs it needs yeah. to happen for like the movie to keep on going the way they want it to. But it's still just kind of like, yeah, I don't, yeah, it's it's it's. Yeah. So then we uh, get uh, the wedding night where, um, which I actually really like. The mom is wearing uh, sexy this her finest and dowdiest uh, burlap sack <laughs> nightgown. It's nineteen thirties depression era West and Virginia. What do you, you expect? You can smell her horniness coming off her. She is acting. She wants to bone she, it. Oh, man. Which is funny because her husband's only dead for, been dead for like two days. Yeah. He's only been arrested for like a week ago. And you know what? You know, going from the looks of Peter Graves to <laughs> to Powell, uh, it's kind of a step down there. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, well, Peter, 
Grace is more like conventionally attractive. Whereas Robert Mitchum, he's got he's got that slow eye. He's nineteen fifties. He kind of looks like kind of looks like his everything's melting. Who is Frank Sinatra's uh, second command in the Brat Pack? A fucking Dean. Uh, yeah, Dean. Yeah, J- not James Dean. Oh, fucking. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, he was in a Cannonball Run. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of looks. He's got that kind of like. Eh, yeah. How you doing? Kind of like droopy eyed. Droopy eyed. Kind of like. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. I do love how slow and methodical Robert Mitchum is in everything in this movie. He never like gets his dander up. He's always like, hey. Uh, he does good. Well, he does get a dander up sometimes. Well, a little bit, but. But uh. Yeah, but I do like the wants... fact. Well, I like the fact that when they have the wedding night, he doesn't. Because usually, like, if you're gonna write like who evil creepy dude, you think one of his like he gets married to this lady. You think he would use that to take the he'd take his marriage vows is an opportunity to well, do yeah, whatever he wants with this lady she's like getting ready to get in bed and he's like you interrupted me i was praying and she's yeah. like i'm sorry and he's like we expected me to to have sex with you and she's like uh uh and he's like i only <laughs> a woman woman should only mate if she's gonna have more children do you want more children she's i feel like, like he forces her to do the math do you want to beget no. more children and yeah. she's like well then we ain't gonna fuck yeah it's like man okay say, this guy's i love this guy's moral code and he's and like, like, like you can get in bed now and she gets all weepy and it's like who could have possibly foreseen that some guy you married in a day could have been a dick but what? like I said, if only it would have been really I got easy to, to make him, him some so kind of well. like it could he could have been all oh yeah like it would have been he uh, I mean that also would have been a tool he could have used against John to say hey I'm fucking your mom where's the money <laughs> or some kind of like you know but I like the fact that he he, he <laughs> is, is a twelve year old so... on Xbox. <laughs> Fuck you, mom, man. Mom's <laughs> pussy. Like, at breakfast the next morning, like, he smells the bacon. He's like, it smells like your mom's pussy. And the John's no. like, what? No, I don't want to hear that. Pearl's like, what's pussy? So, so um, then after she cries on the pillow, we get a scene to her. But I like his dedication to Christ. I like it. Like, well, okay, it still yeah. applies to his old, real, weird, religious, like, old, fundamentalistic, like, you know. I guess. You don't watch but, it. I'm going to fuck you. Uh, so then we get a scene of her... And I guess she's crazy now. Talking she like does. I was led astray by a man, and this, this is, and that. And... Yeah, is this when they're at like the old revival tent yeah, meeting, and, and she's like all dressed in black? And, and there's and yeah, there's like six people in the audience. This but town does not seem to be she's very large. Talking about the fire and brimstone and how she was led astray, but now she's found. Yeah, and she's absolutely bonkers. Uh, cause I guess she's crazy, and then which kind of makes me like Peter, like yeah, that that like Peter Grace. Did, 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 was she always this nuts? Did Peter Grace know that he was sticking his dick in crazy? Did she only go crazy because of the combination of her husband she has dying and then hit, like her character Howell's development influence. is non-existent in this, so it's hard to say. And again, she's a plot device, and again, yeah. it's fairy tale logic. You're not supposed to think about it too realistically, but yeah, she does go uh, from like just dowdy single mom to like crazy religious fundamentalist yeah. slave to Harry Powell. My, my next note are was uh, these characters are terrible yeah. because these characters are terrible. They're Bible story hate, characters. That's why every, they're terrible. I hate everybody in this Look movie. at any Bible story. You can story. have Bible story characters and have them be well-written. Oh, yeah. You can, but why would you put out that effort? <laughs> Especially in 1955. So, um, so then uh, we cut to him talking was... to John, being like, where's the money, John? And John's like, I'm not telling this you. This goes on for like the whole where's middle the third money, of the movie. Yeah. yeah. And then... Uh, 
also there's a scene earlier where Pearl's like, since he's our new daddy, can I tell him a secret? And John's like, no, you could never tell him our secret, never do it. And you know, I've known a lot of little kids in my life. No little kid is like Pearl's age is gonna be like, well, he's my dad now. Guess he's perfect. Yeah, let's she is way too friendly towards um, this guy. She's an idiot. Also, like, oh. I do like the scene where for some reason she's taking all the money out of the doll and she's like cutting up the play oh, paper yeah. dolls. Yeah. And and she's like, I did a bad thing, John. You know, the funny thing is, like, this movie was actually never meant to be presented in HD or anything like that because you're looking at the money, it's it's like pesos. It's not American <laughs> money. It well, says it's like, old Amer- it says, it's 1920s. Like, it's Spanish language shit on the money. It's not just Latin. It's like Dias de Amigo or something like that. I mean, it's obviously done up to kind of look like American bills, but it's whatever it is it is not american legit yeah. money or even pretending to be um especially because they showed him because yeah, she's making paper yeah dolls. that's it's the like... scene that's the scene where we learn that the money is in, in the, the dog si- in the side is that the, the first time yeah, yeah okay that's yeah see i do like the fact that they withhold that information until that scene and then you realize and that's about halfway through the point of the movie so you, yeah. you you're kind of so drawn good job, in Peter as Graves. a willing participant with the kids like just, that even vet, invests you even more into the kids plight that you okay now you know where the money yeah. is good job peter graves shoving money inside your daughter's <sighs> peter, doll peter graves fucked up this whole family what well, a fucking this, idiot this family was uh, i think pretty fucked up before that but this is like <laughs> How many people die and as a result know, of this? For the, the secret? Depression era, they have a really nice house. They actually kind of do. Yeah. They kind of have a, and his wife has a job at the soda fountain. <sighs> yeah. It doesn't seem like he needed to rob that bank all they, that bad. They have a basement full of jars full of stuff. Yeah, stuff, yeah. indiscriminate stuff. stuff. So uh, he movie. is. He's uh, pal is ragging on on him to on John to tell him where the money is, and he's like, "Well, we'll talk to Pearl and." He's like, I'll tell you a secret, and you can tell me a secret. And he's like, what's your name? And she's like, that's not a secret. I'm Pearl. He's like, oh, okay, well, we'll try a different one. Where's the money? And then... <laughs> It's the second question. John, He's really direct. John chucks a shoe at his head. It bounces off. <laughs> I feel off. like he whacks him good. <laughs> I, like, I like that he doesn't get mad or show any emotion. He just kind of looks at him and is like, well, you hit me with a shoe. I guess we'll go somewhere that, else and talk Especially because that looks like Robert Mitchell being hit in the head with a shoe. Because it's not like <laughs> it's not like he's hit. Like He throws the shoe and it bounces off Robert Mitchell's head. It's not like yeah. a stunt or anything like that. So yeah. then he takes Pearl um, downstairs and we get a... Is this the ex- basement scene? No, we get an exterior shot of the house. Oh, okay. Uh, with the mom walking up, and he's like, where's the money, Pearl? And the mom hasn't believed that uh, he's been asking where the money is. Oh, that's is. right. She's, this leads to her going bye-bye. She trusts yeah. this dude that she or she's known for two days over her son, who's like, he asked about the money again. She's like, John, why must you lie? It's like, yeah. bitch, just, it's your child. But um, Where's child protective services? She hears him being fuck? like, where's the money? Where's the money? Where's the money, you little brat? I was about to say, this is the first time he actually like yells at Pearl. Yeah, Because yeah. uh, it happens twice. So, uh, then uh, we get the scene of the bedroom and she's laying in bed and she's like, uh, she's basically the mom. Yeah. What she, what she I can't remember. She said something about, she basically says like, I heard you or he was like, you heard me in the parlor and she's like, she's not even accusatorial or anything like that. She just registers the fact that, Hey, you were, you were like upset about the money. You're asking Pearl about the money. Yeah. And then Harry is suddenly like, Oh, he suddenly starts getting aggro at her. He like lifts his hand up in the moonlight. Is that what it is? Okay. And she's like, 
Oh, and he slaps her for asking questions. That's what it was, the yeah. Most, the most 1955, like, <laughs> slap. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, I, I, I don't believe that that you uh, only are, are only after the money because God wouldn't have sent you to me if that were the case. Uh, and then he's, like, looming over her, and he brings up his knife. And then we cut to the children's room uh, and the sounds of a car Huffing yeah, and puffing revving. and banging It's like outside. 2 o'clock in the morning, yeah. And John goes and looks out the window, and you see kind of a firelight? Something distance. like that, yeah. And then yeah, he gets so back in bed and goes yeah. back to sleep. Nothing uh, happened. Yeah, nothing nothing really happened there. Uh, I don't remember if there's something in between there. Oh, we get a scene the of, The big like, scene I remember is uh, Uncle Bertie. Well, just, that comes later, because yeah. we get the scene of, like, uh, Pal at the spoon shop being like, it's she ran next, off in This the is him putting on his performance to cover up the fact that the mom is dead. Is now like, yeah. oh, she ran away. She and, ran, drove off in the middle of the night. Of course, because the spoons are idiots. The they people just that have up. known him for two days are like, oh, well, I, she's, I can't believe she did that. Well, yeah. why would she, she do that? She was always such like, a harlot. She yeah. never, didn't even sleep with consummate our wedding night and mrs spooner like, i do like the oh, fact that well. like how he turns that like because you, you saw what happened i love like actually i do love powell's relationship with the audience where you saw that he was the one that turned down the wife but then in public he's all like oh she wouldn't even dare dean to fuck me oh my god yeah. and i love that that's like that's one of the biggest when the spoons are listening like icy spoon is like oh that's terrible like yeah. fuck icy spoon oh. fuck a boatload of icy spoon <laughs> Um, so then we get a, uh, a shot of underwater, uh, and it pans down past some seaweed. Well, it's 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 nice. Uncle Bertie. He's on the boat. I no, guess no, he's... no, we don't get that yet. Oh no! Not quite. Oh, I we... thought that's how we found no, out exactly well, what yeah, happened. Sh- shut up, Bill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we go down. It's and one we of my see, favorite shots in the movie. See, it's really good. Yeah, cool. we see her her body sitting in the car underwater. Mm-hmm. She seepies? Uh, she seepies. And if you look close, you can actually see the slit in her throat. I didn't even notice that. Because he... D- yeah, Uncle I Birdie does mention that I went later. back and looked at it, and oh, okay. you can actually see the, like, line on her throat. Hmm, okay. But that is a... That was a damn convincing dummy. I thought it was actually her. Yeah. Sitting in the car. Because it looks like the actress. It's not just a woman whose yeah, it's, hair it's, is floating in front of her face. So a, you can't tell what it is. It's not a 1955's dummy. Yeah. It's, it's somebody who did a good job on that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, then we see a fish hook come down. Oh, that's what it is. Okay, yeah, We see yeah, a fish yeah. hook come down. It's part kinda, of that scene. It's it just snags the... on the boat, and then we go up, and we see Birdie in the boat, because him and John went fishing earlier in the movies. So yeah. we established that he fishes. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of nothing in this movie. There is, yeah. We've skipped a lot of nothing. It's only happens. a 90-minute movie, too, because it's not like it's super long, yeah, but there's but still there's a, lot a lot of, of nothing. It's a moody film. Yeah, but um, uh, then Birdie sees her down there, and he's like, oh! And then that's oh, the I end do of that love scene. that shot above the water, looking yeah. down, and it almost looks like it looks like almost like some kind of special effect. Although I don't know how it would be a special effect because it's obviously just kind of looking down in water. Yeah. But it's so the water is so crystal clear that he's looking down into. Because all the other shots of the river have been it just looks like opaque muddy brown river water. But like you can see, so like her her and the car is so defined. And I love then it also the last shot you see of her is also just underwater of just her in the car like well, from a distance with all the seaweed floating I, and I her read, hair floating in the water. I read where they I thought f- that was fucking cool. I, yeah, that was a really nice looking scene. I read where they filmed that. I don't remember where it was. They were going to do it on set, yeah. but they couldn't because who made this MGM or something like that, yeah. Yeah, whoever wherever their studio was there there Whoever had a big like their uh, water tank, tank yeah. uh, the paint inside was chipping and you couldn't see oh, yeah, through the water. Too, yeah. So, I guess that's a no-go. <laughs> uh but it's really cool. It's really evocative. It's just like really nice little 
Again, for a 1955 movie, it's kind of... Again, it's not super bloody. And yeah. I guess you can kind of, bar- like you said, barely see the fact that her, uh, uh, her throat is slit, even yeah. though Bertie mentions this later. Well, not even yeah. to anyone else. He's talking to himself drunkenly in his own cabin. But, yeah, it's just kind of like... It's kind of weirdly lyrical in, in, in a way yeah. that I wasn't expecting this. Yeah, I wasn't expecting be. to see something in, like that from a 1955 movie. Maybe in the early 1960s, but yeah. yeah. But, um... We get we get another nothing scene, uh, a couple more nothing scenes with, and then we get Pal sitting at a dinner table with all this food in front of him, um, which I'm guessing the bitch brought him because she's upset, sad for yeah, him. Yeah, because I can't imagine. Yeah, they don't explain where the food came from because yeah. you can't imagine this guy slaved all day no. to to cook for the kids. And Pearl's like, "Can I have dinner yet?" And he's like, "Well, you can if you have me a secret." And uh, if you tell me your secret, where the money's hidden? And she's like, John told me I couldn't tell. And he's like, now don't listen to John. What's he call him? A troublemaker? A no. menace or something like no, that? Uh, like a trickster? John, John's a menace. And he and slams he's, his yeah, he's like pounding fist on, on the, the table. table. Yeah. And uh, a single tear rolled down Pearl's cheek after he yells at her. And he's like, see, now you made me yell. I do love uh, one of my notes is what's up, what's up with the potato-faced sister? <laughs> And the son looks like baby store, uh, Peter Stormare, but yeah. Uh, so then, uh, he's like, John, this is when John get... eventually breaks, is like, I'll tell you where the money is. This is the Leave last Pearl night in the alone. house, right? Yeah, yeah, because. Leave Pearl alone. I'll tell you where the money is. It's in the basement under a rock. And he's like, well, let's all go down. And John's so smug. He's like, I have fooled him. Yeah. And he's like, well, let's all go down there. And John's like, what? Oh, shit. Because I well, guess the I original to... idea was just trick him to go in the basement, lock yeah. the door, and then run away. Yeah. yeah. So then they all go down to the basement. And... Or just eat the food. <laughs> yeah, or eat the food. <laughs> Thanks for the snack, motherfucker. Uh, and some events happen, and uh, it's the money's not down there. But... Well, yeah, the guy, Robert Mitchell goes down there and realizes there's, there's no rocks in the basement because the basement is just concrete. And then... Yeah, uh, John kicks uh, kicks over the, uh, the shelving a shelving unit full of like jams or something like that, and they fall down on Robert Mitchum's head, and the most kind of like double dare kind, of, wah, wah, yeah, wah. and he goes He's, like, "Oh, I got stuff in my," like, "Oh." And, I, and, and they, they run the out of the basement. Run upstage, and yeah. he chases them up the stairs on a I'm going to get you not quite quite way. Because we he's, all, like, holding fill, his, yeah. he's holding his arms out in front of him and making like claws with his hands. He reminds me like the big bad wolf chasing after the three little pigs in the old Disney cartoon or like a bad guy chasing Bugs That's, Bunny yeah. where he exactly the and arms the kids, outstretched. The, outstretched, the kids yeah. close the door in his hand. He's like, oh! He, he doesn't slam another, it on his hand. He, he, he makes another <laughs> weird sound that's not exactly scary for this character <laughs> very cartoon characterish. Uh, and then the kids run out of the house and you can hear him banging on the door to try to get out of the basement yeah uh and eventually you hear a bang crash which says he's knocked out of the basement mm-hmm. uh and the kids he's like uncle birdie because uncle birdie earlier in the movie says if you ever need help just come to uncle birdie yeah so then they run to uncle birdie and a little bit earlier you see birdie's been drinking and drinking and drinking and and he's, well, he's all he's fucked like, up from, he's, after, yeah, from seeing from seeing the body, and he's like, they'll think it was me. I can't tell nobody. They'll think it. Why would they think it was Birdie that killed her? 
Uh, yeah, unless Birdie like has a history of killing people, and he's yeah. worried that like, like maybe he was sus- like suspected in a murder a long time ago. Yeah, or something Birdie, like that. why do you, why yeah, he's an old alcoholic? His brain's already kind of soft anyway. But like, yeah, yeah it's it's it a little makes no sense why. Birdie which is weird because they spent all this time like introducing and kind of like especially writing Birdie into the story, only for him. A new to... dude who just showed up in town that just married her a day after he met met her, and is yeah. sad that she left in the middle of the night. Why wouldn't they assume it was him? I, it's 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 so weird because everyone in this town is so nebbish but at the same time it kind of relies on the whole idea that like well it's what stays between a married couple stays between the married couple so like no one is really uh raising the eyebrow at the shit that's going on uh, very publicly obviously going down with his family but at the same time but like it's it's kind of oh yeah yeah it's, so, it's, it's so then the kids show up and uncle birdie like they're like uncle birdie uncle birdie you gotta save us and uncle birdie falls on the floor drunk being like rrr, rrr, yeah he's birdie. he's not even yeah he i think it was birdie up. and john's like I know the skiff, and then they run down the the the, the to the boat. It's actually, Charles a lot in playing John. <laughs> yeah. That scene. They they push the boat into the water and get away from from Pal. And that barely. starts the epic third, like last third of the movie. That just all just boat shit. So much shots of them just sailing With down the moody river. Moody kids singing and starlight and like weird. This is where the movie gets like weirdly impressionistic. Well, yeah, and, like, the, the, yeah. Then you get a shot of like the spoons uh, getting a note from Pal being like, well, I didn't want you to worry about us. I took the kid down to my mom's place down in blah, blah, blah. Is that, the, is that Powell saying is he, cause I couldn't tell if it was him. If I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell if it was him, uh, pretending that it was the mom had written the letter saying no, she'd come back for the kid. It's him yeah. just saying, okay. Yeah. Uh, and we also get like, I forget which one of them saying something about, uh, somebody had their throat slit and, uh, a horse stolen from him. And it was probably them gypsies. Where the hell are we blaming gypsies all of a sudden? Yeah. Where did the gypsy hate came from, There's you racist? Gy- it's uh, West Virginia <laughs> gypsies from the Depression era, yeah. These people are dumb as rocks, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. It's no wonder that... Uh, like I say, no wonder Powell's been able this, to go on this tear for this, this long because everyone's this stupid. dumb town ever where Peter Graves thinks he can just rob a bank and run home? <laughs> I love that he Did he think he could... Was, did he think it was like Grand Theft Auto that if he just got out of eyesight of the cops for long <laughs> enough, they would forget he had done what he had done? Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it goes. The, yeah, this starts the epic thing where the kids are on a boat. Uh, the kids go. Uh, they're on the boat. There's. Uh, I guess it's the Ohio River they're supposed to be mm. on, and they boat on down to. Is it? They just end up at a uh, riverside barn that they decide to well, sleep well, in. Well, you're, you're skipping the most important scene in the movie. What's a movie? What's a bar? Somebody gives them potatoes to eat. Oh, that's right. I can only give you one potato each. Um, potatoes. I'm assuming they're cooked too, because those kids like do- they just bite right into that shit like yeah. it's a candy bar. Right, well, that was an odd. Scene. Look, I guess it's a depression. You never I guess know. That's the scene to show that they eat somehow. Yeah. Because they're they, they're <laughs> on a river for like three days. Yeah. It goes on for a and while. They see like a turtle, and he's like, "People say you can make a stew out of turtles. I don't know how though." And then yeah. they just keep floating. But yeah, eventually, well, I like he's like, also. we'll sleep on land tonight, and they get out of the boat, and there's a song, now, I, they go up to a window, and there's a birdcage silhouette. <laughs> Again, and there's this a, movie, there's yeah. a song, somebody's singing, 
Is that just the soundtrack or is somebody th- inside the house? I think it starts it? off as a someone inside the house, but then turns in again because this movie has like kind of weird fairy tale like logic and because they're so the director's so interested in just weird like imagery and, and sound and like mo- like juxtaposition why? of both. Like yeah, the why? logic what of is, what's happening what kind of breaks down. What is wrong with these kids bit. that they can't go up to an adult and say, um, yeah, somebody our... murdered our mom and he's chasing us. If you've read the newspapers all in the last week, you can totally corroborate the evidence that like our <laughs> yeah, our dad is a fuckhead, but then our stepdad is a super fuckhead. Can you just yeah, call the fucking cops? Yeah. Can we just spend the night at the police station and tell them what's up? Yeah, this guy's obviously he's got a police record of stealing co- <laughs> like that's all I have to do is talk to the police to hey, could you just check out this guy's name? He's it's not like even when he's arrested at the beginning, it's not like he's even using a fake alias, is it like he could just even if they had set up a scene earlier in the movie where like they try to tell an adult something and John says something like, You can't trust any adults with anything, they yeah. won't they'll never believe you. Even if they had done something like that. I mean I mean it, it could be passable why he be, wouldn't. Like tell I said, this seems to be one of the big theses of the movie is that adults and except for Lillian Gish are all stupid and can't be trusted. I mean that's the only reason I that's I don't only, know if that's the thesis of the movie or if that's just how they wrote everybody. I can't imagine why they would Uncle Bertie be such a big kind of threat throughout the movie, only for him to like to fund them. He only seems to exist to be able to help the kids at the end of the I movie. Think because and he even a, flung, he fails at that. I think this is because is a badly written movie. You think so? I don't think it's intentional. I'm kind of curious because I was looking up the IMDb uh, entry about this movie. They were talking about how the original script was supposed to be twice as long. Yeah. Everything, like, it's not like they cut out any major Bill, scenes, but, I'm like, there was supposed to, to be more stuff I'm explained. supposed to be the one that researches this okay, stuff. Okay, I'm just not saying you, you bastard. Okay. Uh, um. So, yeah, so there's a scene with, yeah, where there's a bird in a cage and a silhouette and... And then they go... That scene made no sense. And then they go up into the barn and sleep and John wakes up in the middle of the night and looks out, and we see uh, the silhouette of a pal riding by on a horse singing. Super fucking creepy. Lee. Well, I didn't think it was very creepy. Really? But he's riding by, and they're like, whoa, wake up, Pearl. We got to go. Just stay in the barn. Yeah, he He's not coming either. towards he's the looking, barn. He's going that way. Yeah. He's already past the barn. Quick, he's, we got to the start heading, heading in the same direction as him. Yeah. I mean, I can understand why you wouldn't want to go back to town and be like, hey, Spoon. Cause fuck that bitch, <laughs> tell Spoon about it. Um, but um, but yeah. yeah, but again, this is the, uh, him on silhouette. It's like so. Then we get fifty more minutes of them just lazily floating down the river, asleep in a boat. Uh, and then, with more haunting music. Oh, it's yeah, there's a like, lot of they. They really got a boner like, for the kids floating down the and, boat. Yeah, it's like a Wes Anderson scene or something. Like so that. then yeah. they eventually run aground and are woken up in the morning by an old lady. Who's like, get out of the boat. I'll get a switch. And then she starts whipping <laughs> the shit out of him with a, a switch. Hey, her own boat. It's not like stole her boat. This is not a good way to introduce her. Is that the old lady? Yeah. Oh, that's the old lady who's yeah. old? Yeah. I didn't realize that was the same lady. And then she takes him to her house and is like, all right, get a bath going uh, and some laundry get stuff. Get the fuck out of that and- boat. <laughs> That's yeah, how basically. her husband died. He got crushed by a boat. Uh, and oh my god! Get, like a scene of her washing him, and John tries to run off, and she catches him behind a bush and starts beating the fuck out of him. I totally. I she starts I, whooping his ass. I totally like, block that out. This is not a great. I mean, well, another I guess, horrible adult. Yeah. And she winds up turning out to be a cool adult, but 
she's such a bitch in the first couple it's, scenes with it's her. Tough I'm like, love. you're ruining this totally, character. I totally parsed her as being a different character because that is so unlike the way she is for the rest yeah. of the movie. Like where she's super calm and understanding. Kind of like old enough, you really wouldn't think she would have that much energy to be beating the shit out of kids. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. And Miss Coop, it's like she's leading them through town with baskets and is like, come on, children. Yeah. Like, she, is she running a slave ring? What's yeah, at first, it's, I guess it really is. She's just like running like a homemade orphanage, but it is kind of like at first you're like, what is going on? Well, she comes all across the, as super evil. Especially as all the other characters, all the other adults in the movie have either been e- like evil or incompetent. And you have to assume that she's going to be one or the other. So well, she starts off super evil, yeah. and then like she's sitting inside with, and she says, "John, get me an apple." I'm like, "Bitch!" At least she can say please, <laughs> but then she softens and is like, "Get yourself one too." Yeah. It's like, oh well, thank you, you know Madam Gracious. Yeah, can't even freaking. She's say sharing please. the fruit of knowledge with these kids. Uh, um, yeah, but then so, it goes on because I, then I thought like that maybe Harry Powell would just track the kids to her house and there'd be a well, showdown. No, he's a, There's he, all this stuff about how uh, all the scene where like they go to town. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to go through it. Don't okay. just skip your way, merrily way through the movie. <laughs> cherry picking. That's my job. Oh, okay, I guess. Uh, we've established that over the past episodes. Yeah, so just by accident, that. yeah. So then we get the oldest girl at the orphanage, I'm guessing, Ruby, who Ruby. I'm pretty sure might be a little bit uh, mentally unstable. You think so? <laughs> I thought she just was just... From, like, uh, I thought well, she was just DTF uh, yeah, well, no. down to fuck. <laughs> she, I think she might be a little Granted, if you're if you're, t- if you're a sex-crazed teenager, you're inherently fucked in the head, so... So, uh... You, you're saying she's a big Twilight fan? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, she the meets Pal outside of an ice cream shop. She's obviously a very lonely lady. She's very insecure about her looks. Yeah. yeah. Pal shows up, is all kind of flirty with her. I'll buy you an ice cream. So, so like, I can see why she would like, be all pretty. I could see why she'd be, nah. And he's like, I hear you have two new kids at the orphanage. I don't remember how you heard that. Oh, uh, does he say that were even right there? Uh, I think so. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, and she's like, yeah. And he's Which like, because this is a completely different What are their city? names? And she's like, John and Pearl. And then he just gets up and leaves. And she's like, uh, she runs after him because she's fucking wet as shit for him. Uh, and she's like, tell me, are my eyes pretty? And you hear the switchblade go off in his pocket because I guess he wants to stab the hell out of her right there. Yeah. Uh, but then one of the young teenage boys comes up too and says something. I, don't I do remember. like that these teenage boys don't give a fuck about him. He's like, what the fuck is this old guy like? Yeah. yeah. So then he runs off. He's got uh, competition on the prowl. And the next day he shows up at the orphanage and is is like, uh, I'm looking. I'm looking for my children. I hear you have two new ones, John and Pearl. And she's like, uh, they're my kids. And uh, she's like, go fetch John and Pearl. And they bring them over. Uh, and I can only assume it's shame why they have never told her what why what Maybe, happened. I don't know. Because you think she would at least ask them before yeah. this, like, okay, where did you You would come assume from? a lot of things in this movie. Yeah, but again, it's There's a Bible a story, holes. so that's not no, really it's logic. No, it's a 1955 nah, movie. Nah, nah, nah. I think it's a combination of, of the era which you, made you, it. Even if you just look at the movies nah. from this era we've watched for this podcast, they all have a lot of holes in them that they just didn't bother to fill. Storytelling in movies was not perfected yet. 
and it really shows. Here. Although I think it really like this movie is extra that way, just because again, it's the artifice in this movie, like where like they really weren't really weren't worried about the interior logic of the world because they're telling a fable essentially. So yeah, the, they bring John and Pearl, and Pearl just runs up and hugs him. I'm like, really, Pearl? Fuck, really? You think you think Ruby's got issues? Pearl's got fucking issues. Granted, she's only like five, but still, it's Pearl's like a- it's like this director never met a five year old before. Pearl is a fucking idiot. Because no five-year-old is going to be like that. Yeah, Papa. It's like, okay, Pearl, no. Oh, Pearl. Uh, you and deserve then, to die. Uh, she's like, your paw's boy. here. And John's like, he's got this smirk on his face. He's like, he ain't my paw. And he's got like this half <laughs> smile the on Peter his face. Storm Air kind of like, fuck you, get out of so, here. Uh, yeah. Then uh, Cooper runs inside. John goes under the porch. Uh... Pal oh, yeah, pulls out his switchblade and, and chases, chases him, him under, under the porch. porch. Yeah, uh, and Cooper comes back outside with a shotgun and taps that, him on the back. Is that the lady's name? Is Cooper? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Taps him on the back and is like, "Get oh, out of here!" Gosh. And he looks up and he's like, "Oh!" And then he gets on his horse. This guy's terrible, <laughs> like chasing children. Yeah. Uh, uh, and well, I guess he, he, thinks... he says another of my favorite lines in this movie. He goes, "I'll be back." When it's dark, it's like, well, thanks for getting. She's got a shotgun. You've got a knife. Thanks for the heads up. I guess you could have said, "I'll be back." Does anyone in this someday. world have a telephone where they? He thinks he, they they can't just call the cops or even walk down the street and say, "Hey, guess what? Yeah. Super crazy guy who already t- tried to kill two of the kids here and is threatening to come back at dark." Nope. Could you just send a cop with a gun and take this motherfucker out? So yeah. then we get a scene of like everybody inside the house and. You know, trying to sleep or whatever, and Cooper sitting in, in her chair with the shotgun. She's in her on the lap. front porch, yeah, just yeah, waiting, just waiting for him. And then he starts singing his song, leaning, leaning, and she starts singing with him. Yeah, they have a little duet. It's like, why would you sing with the murderer? Just be, I'd be like, hey, she's covering the up the sound, up. the fact that she's cocking the shotgun. <laughs> she's like, okay, let's play her along here for a little second. We're surprised. <laughs> Shut up, or I'm gonna blow your mouth off. <laughs> yeah. So then I guess he comes inside, and uh, she's like, get out. I do like the thing where he is outside, and he's just like standing outside, just staring at the house, mm-hmm. stalking. And is it Ruby who comes in with a candle and kind of like? lights up the room enough that you can't see what's going on outside for a moment in that moment he disappears which i thought mm. that was a great cutaway because the camera the, the shot doesn't stop i didn't, I didn't just, see that i must have been taking a note yeah he, it, it's great because yeah he's standing outside and yeah you can actually see if you're really paying attention that he likes just ducks down and runs out of the way but as, as soon as ruby moves the candle away from the screen yeah, window ruby. you see that see, something disappeared. You, and that's idiot. when cooper's like oh shit i was watching that guy for a reason now he's gone <laughs> now you just fucked everything up yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, he does. So then he's in the house. house, He's like, you better leave out of here. I'm going to blow you away. And does he say not? And then he does shoot her, uh, shoot him. And he 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 turns into Daffy Duck. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard people. I've heard people say this is one of the scariest thrillers of all time. And, but he, I, it's he, a little he, creepy he up to that moment. He literally <laughs> runs out of the house going, yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. Literally, that's the sounds here. He's, he's like Judge Doom. <laughs> like, what the He's hell? like skipping with one, his arm flopping around. He shot him point blank range with a shotgun. Like, you kind of wonder what kind of... Because I thought maybe his face got blown off or something like that. But maybe he's just like so loony he doesn't but care. But then he loony tunes out. Well, yeah, and it's just like... Just runs straight into the barn. That one scene more than anything else just totally lets all the air out of this movie. Where, like, it's also... I mean, it doesn't help that this movie has a super anticlimactic ending anyway. Yeah. But that just totally just like, well, I guess... <laughs> So, so much for the any dramatic Co- weight in this movie. Cooper yeah. goes to the phone 
finally somebody calls the cops. There's a phone movie. in the house. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and she's like, send your boys over. I've got a vermin in my barn. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he stays in the barn for the rest of the night, I guess? Yeah. Well, she's watching him with a shotgun, so he can't come out. Well, he obviously didn't get give a shit about the sh- Well, I guess maybe he doesn't think, think shoot. Maybe but, like, get on your horse and ride away first thing. Do something. Sneak out of the back of the barn kick, or kick something. A, yeah, kick a... It's an old lady with a shotgun with a bunch of kids. But it should be again, that hard he, for him to get away. He yeah. is dumb. But, um... Then we get, the morning eventually comes, and the cops pull up, and they say something that I was wondering myself. Why didn't you call us sooner? That's a good question. <laughs> There's no one, does she not even have an answer? She's like, I don't know. And then he comes out of the barn, and he's holding up his knife, and he's like, that him? And she's like, yeah, that's him. So then the cops are like, you're under arrest for the, uh, the murder of Willis, blah, 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 because I guess they found her body. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, so then, yeah, I guess he maybe gets, that's the victim at the beginning. He of the gets movie, arrested yeah. in kind of a shot-for-shot shot, uh, scene from the first one. It's a, John's, a book ends when yeah, John's, when John's, John Paul's dad John's like, gets arrested. No, again, and it's like, why are you acting like this sucks for I you? Did. I'd be like, yeah, hit him, oh, hit him harder. I know, hit him harder. From a logistical point of view, he should be over there kicking the guy in the fucking face while he's yeah. down, held down by the cops. But I do like for the moment, like. For as awful as Perry he, Powell was, like he, he was kind of like this father, horrible homo. No, no he knew him for like two days. I know, I no, know, I know. There's no reason for this kid to have any logic of the film. For him. I do like so for then a he's run like, over and he's uh, like, no, no, just take it, just take it. Hitting him with the doll and all the money spilling out everywhere. And I'm like, this sucks. This is a stupid scene. Because it is. It's a stupid scene. I didn't like the fact that, like, I thought it, like, it, it's, I'm not always for the idea that, like, just because someone holds a secret and he'll, they hold on to the secret in the movie that they should get away with it. I do like the fact, like, not every movie, the, the, it's, I, but yeah, in this movie, I agree with you, where, like, if this is the circumstance how the money gets revealed and, like, the money situation is dealt with, it just seems, it's like, anticlimactic as fuck. It is, it is, it does, it really doesn't make a lot of sense as to why he's, why John suddenly breaks down at that moment. I mean, you could, you could argue it's the fact that just, like, just the scenario of this guy being arrested by the cops, just, like, he has essentially just a flashback to when his dad, the same thing happened yeah. to his dad, which, four days ago. Yeah, but truth be, but <laughs> truth be told, just, even, even his dad arrest as as far as arrests going, not all that traumatizing. No, yeah. He got bonked and then oh. handcuffed and led away. It's not well, like still, they, they had him on did, the ground and shot did, him. That was the last he ever did see of his father. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like, you still. would think that, like, Harry Powell has been such a fucker that why John would be this... Yeah. It didn't make even, any even sense. Even if it does echo what happened to his dad, you think, well, good, at least this guy deserves what's gonna happen. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a little... Yeah. Uh, so then we get a courtroom scene... And they're calling him, like, Bluebeard? Yeah, because Bluebeard killed all his wives. I guess. And and everybody was super That's Icy off. Spoon doing yeah. the whole, like, oh, fuck, uh, I always I, knew he was I evil. I was so mad because this bitch should have gotten her come up and She should have been, like, you should have got, you should have had a scene where she is completely distraught and maybe gone crazy because she was the reason that, that this guy married yeah, she her. she was a facilitator. And, and, and got her killed, so she should have gone Fanny Crazy, Fanny from The Magnificent Ambersons, episode <laughs> three. Fanny Crazy, of, yeah. uh, Tardy to the Party Couch. There should have been a scene out. where he like um, pulls out his, his switchblade and just like whips it across the room and like stabs <laughs> her right in the head, and then yeah. uh, Cooper pulls out her she shotgun sh- and shoots him dead right up there on the stand, <laughs> and that's the end got, of the movie. Yeah. Uh, the, that bitch should have gotten her confidence. But no, we get, oh, we get the whole town like yelling... For his hanging and whatnot, for him to get his come up and I mean, he gets he gets uh, sentenced. 
Yeah. He gets convicted and sentenced. He's going to die like, the next morning. But for some reason, the town decides that they have to form a Frankenstein posse. Now, yeah, and we get like a scene of... Uh, Led by Icy Spoon. Well, yeah, hold on. We get like um, people, the, the orphanage kids and uh, Cooper eating in a diner. And then the mob, mobs like outside of the diner... And it looks like they're angry at the kids. Yeah, it gets really again. That's but one I don't of the things think they that are. That's why this movie but is so muddled with that scene. Yeah, that's because Cooper things... leads them out the back. He's like, "Come on, kids, let's go." Because mm-hmm. it and it it feels like the mob's trying to go after the kids for some reason. This movie has such a like very specific dramatic engine that is moving forward with Harry Powell for the you know for the first like four four fifths of the movie. That when this ending just suddenly like narratively just dissipates where like you're not quite sure exactly who's pissed at who, who's responsible for what what's going on, especially with the like yeah, this this yeah, we have a history of hungry tummies here yeah, on this my, podcast. Yeah, my guts are rumbling. Uh, but yeah, it's it's it just gets, the whole like dramatic tension of the movie not only gets diffused when you know, of course, Harry Potter gets arrested, so of course he's no longer a threat. But even then, the movie still continues for like another ten minutes, and that ten minutes is just like a bunch of shoulder shrugging. Well, I guess this is gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so then uh, they go, they go like, come on, children, let's go. They leave the diner out the back and are walking along. And this is where I, what what made me think that Ruby is mentally challenged because she's like bitching that oh, she's like she's he's the only it. man that's ever loved me or something like that. And it's like no, you think he's obviously a crazy murderer when he's known for being a bluebeard for killing everyone who has ever been in love with it. Like yeah. yeah, it's like why why does Ruby even have that line? Why even have? That? I mean, granted, there are people like that exist in the real world who like who should know better, but they're still like, but he he paid attention to me, so he I must be special and he must be special. And I could understand it's if, like yeah. It was a different actor who was super attractive, so he at least had that. But Robert, but Robert Mitchum is charming in this movie. He's not maybe I, like maybe if, if you're insane, I guess. Yeah. But I don't. I don't know. He's got that right. buttery, smooth talking way about him, where he's all like, but "Hello." Then we get like an, a nice little crane shot of like all the townspeople being heading towards, I guess, the prison as an angry mob and there's yeah. torches and pitchfork. And you tell me, young Frankenstein shit going on here. I I feel like that was very similar to. The scene in the Simpsons movie when the angry mob is going to get Homer. It could have been a reference. Because it kind of looks... I mean, the mob in the Simpsons movie is a lot bigger, but it... it, it om- well, for it's, me, when I first saw it, like, and... the, way, the way that it's centered and the way that the camera moves and everything, it, it, it felt a lot like the Simpsons movie. Yeah, I mean, they've I've made that a ton of references on the Simpsons before, so it's oh, Also, like his not... love and hate are... Uh, the tattoo sh- sideshow Bob has on his oh, that's knuckles right, yeah. from the Cape Fear episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so wasn't, there's wasn't, there's your we- weekly Simpsons reference. Wasn't Robert Mitchum the dude in the original version of Cape Fear too? Isn't that the whole like? I'm, isn't that the part of the thing? You're asking like, the wrong person. I don't remember. I don't we'll have know. to talk about Cape Fear has to be one of our future episodes. Though. Perhaps, but yeah. Uh, so they're going to do some vigilante justice because they want to hang him before. I guess he's supposed to be scheduled. Because he's gonna hang. be dead in five hours anyway. Yeah. Just wait long enough. They could just so watch I him get, publicly in daylight. They don't. Have... I didn't get this, but I, I read online that they sneak him out of the back of the police station. Oh yeah, you to see avoid that? The mob. Yeah, I didn't. I, they shove him I mean, in a police car real yeah, quick. I just yeah, I just see. I just I saw I him think, getting. And a it's also car. like you and see the execution... kids walking past them as they're sneaking past. <laughs> yeah, it's just and the executioner's like, I'm looking forward to this one. It's yeah, like, man, which is the only reason why you <laughs> see he does love his job. His wife, mother was right. Well, that's the only reason why they even show the execution. 
execution at the beginning for John's dad is just so they could have a bookend at the end where he's like, yep, I still love killing people. <laughs> it's like, okay, movie. Yeah. Um, again, Old Testament, you know, and weird shit and so death. Then, like. then we get Christmas Day at the orphanage. Yeah, uh, and God, the kids been... are like, let's give uh, Cooper her gifts. And she gets like 50 potholders from the kids. She's like, oh, a potholder. Yeah. Oh, another potholder. Oh, a potholder. Get what so, exactly what to so get, So then man. John goes. You think they would just buy her shotgun cartridge <laughs> shells? Yeah, and she gives Ruby a brooch, which Ruby gets totally wet for. Yeah. She's like, oh, Again, oh any brooch. attention paid to Ruby, she's like, oh, you're my best friend yeah. forever. Yeah. So, and, uh. I guess that means Ruby probably loves Cooper now, so that begins her <laughs> jaunt into lesbianism. Murder, yeah. Um, but oh, uh, I feel back. So I said like Ruby. <laughs> but then uh, uh, John goes and gets an apple out of a bowl and puts steals doi- Cooper's own fucking apple. And <laughs> Cooper's own, and then her doily gets a doily, takes the uh, 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 wraps up the apple in the doily. Yeah, wraps up the apple in the doily and gives it to Cooper. And she's like, well. You think I wouldn't notice this? And whips the apple <laughs> at his head. Freeze from him. Going, ah, and that's how the movie ends. I <laughs> wouldn't be surprising in this movie. I want to put out a special edition cut of this movie. That's just that. Just like, all you have to do is one bit of voiceover. And just like, yeah. Oh. Uh, but she's like, that isn't the sweetest little apple you I've ever done seen. You gave me my own seen. apple. Uh, or the sweetest gift I've ever seen or something. And she said, what did she say? Bless the children and their long suffering. And Again, real Bible goo. quote, something, something, uh, yeah. And the movie ends. Well, with... she gives him a watch. Oh, yeah, she gives him the watch because early, very early in the movie, they're walking past a stop, shop, and they're looking at her watch, and uh, Pearl goes, Are you going to buy it? And he goes, No. And they keep walking. Is that like before all shit? Is that like early in the film? That's when they're remember. the first time they're walking to spoons after the singing of the. Uh, okay, but so somehow song. Cooper knows that John wants a watch. I guess. Um, and that's He's like it. it's the finest watch oh, I've ever gotten. I move. My notes was, are really that's the end. A lousy watch. It was yeah. a really. It, it was a really 1950s ending to a movie. Yeah. yeah, where it's just kind of thought... somebody shit their pants and the editing's bane was like, well, I'm done with this thing. Story <laughs> over. <laughs> Again, you think Harry Powell would be a more force in the movie up to the very end or like something about like, it just kind of, I mean, I guess the idea like, I guess, I guess a big part of the well, movie is, a, blew... is that Cooper supposed to be one of the few just and, and legitimately righteous people in the movie. So you guess you want to end that with her being the only kind, responsible uh, person in the whole movie. Yeah, except we the saw kids. she was evil as fuck when she was whipping the hell out of yeah, John. Yeah, like, the again, you know, that's, was, that's Old Testament love. You know, you get it's oh. it's an apple or a head in the face with a switch, <laughs> uh, or a, or a watch. It's just yeah. Yeah, if they had made her like be a loving, caring person right off the bat, I wonder that if this movie worked, makes but... a little more sense to me. The fact that I grew up with, like my family being Southern Baptists, so kind of <laughs> like so, like some like kind of the weird interior logic of this movie. Like, I'm not saying it actually does make more sense, but like, I like at least I can see from a creative perspective why, like some of those character, like the the, the fairy tale but bubble story aspect of this movie in terms of how what, the character justification stuff kind of yeah. makes sense if, if filtered through a very specific like biblical old testament perspective but yeah it's know, but, but if you're not but if you don't have the perspective i can see this movie being extra just like what the fuck is wrong with this flick 
Yeah. So this it's is not, not bad though. I actually I enjoyed yeah, it. I was yeah, like I said, it was. It's only ninety minutes long. Yeah. So like, oh, how long was the Magnificent Ambersons? It's uh, that was like maybe oh, two hours at the most, but that felt like four hours. <laughs> this did, did not feel no, like this, that. Well, this this drug a little bit for me with all the boat. There was a lot the of boat sailing stuff. down the river and all the unnecessary stuff. stuff. So this was based on a 1955 uh, novel by Davis Grubb. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thanks, Davis Grubb. And it was also based on uh, Harry Powers, a real serial killer, uh, who did some pretty messed up stuff too. Like stuff in this movie? Did he chase people on a boat? Did uh, he have a no, force? he he kind of did the thing where it was like. Uh, go away with ones? a wife, uh, kill her, send for the children, oh, kill them. Kind of, okay, yeah. uh, they found like was all the bodies in the basement. Was he known as the Colonel stuff. Sanders killer? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, but I, <laughs> yeah, I won't get into that because that's wanna, dark and depressing. I want to remake this if movie you, and just put like Colonel Sanders, Norma. Uh, Norma. You can you can read about Harry Powers if you want. Yeah, Usually it's kind of a. a I just want to put Norm McDonald's Colonel Sanders. Just digitally insert him over those. <laughs> I'm Colonel. So when he's like offering the kids fried chicken at the at the you know, before they run off, he's like, I got my I got yeah. my eleven herbs and spices, got my necktie. So this for... this is keeping up with the trend of the the movies that are getting picked for this, uh, where we're like, it's a classic. It was a flop at the time. Yeah, critics and the audiences hated it. Uh, didn't do very well. Which I guess is why Charles Lott never directed a movie again after this. Yeah, but he also kind of, from what I read, he didn't enjoy directing films too much. Yeah? So he just went back to theatrical Well, I could say if you're a stage uh, director, depending Uh, on who you end up working with on your first movie, I could see it being kind of a... There was a 1991 uh, remake with Richard Chamberlain. I think it was a made-for-TV movie. Oh, that's weird. Which, uh, there was also a... Uh, Magnificent Ambersands TV movie with Jennifer Tilly as Fanny, <laughs> which makes no also, sense. Also, did you call to it me. the Magnificent Ambersands? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I love. <laughs> I'd rather watch that. Uh, oh. so, the sequence where uh, Pal is riding his horse in the distance in the yeah the, super the wild well, super creepy yeah. yeah that's super creepy you know what makes it less creep What's a that? little bit less creepy knowing that that's actually a little person on a pony <laughs> <laughs> in a forced perspective Which shot makes sense because, yeah if it's if it's only like a, a little person and on a pony like it's only half as big so if like you're filming that on a set yeah. you only have to build like yeah you only have to have the camera all half as way from yeah that's totally that's hilarious. And, you probably, that's a pretty good pony because that looks like a full-sized horse and a yeah. full-sized person. That's actually a pretty good you, you, might have, you probably knew this, but did you know this is the same cinematographer from Magnificent Ambersons? No. Same cinematographer, Stanley Cortez, hmm. who said who said that uh, the director of this and Wells are the only directors he's ever worked out who worked with who understood light and shadows. I wonder if he ever worked with Wells again. Because, I mean, Wells was alive making movies. He was making, like, the third man around the, the, the same time. I don't know. Which is weird, because, like, also, didn't both Magnificent Ambersons and this also have Iris out shots? Yeah, they did a weird Iris shot to the kids when they were, like... Out of the blue uh, for no reason, yeah. Well, no, because you were supposed to... it Iris to them in the basement looking at him, because he was looking for is? the kids, and they were hiding in the basement. Okay. And, like, Iris to their him heads. And... Yeah. And it's it was weird... It, According to IMDb, I don't know how factual this is. It says it was the first Iris out use since 
Magnificent. Like silent film era, which, maybe? Well, no, they... Or well, since Magnificent. Yeah, I was about Hammerson, to say, yeah. because, like, yeah, that... that ha- well, it makes sense if it's the same cinematographer, yeah. too. Like, for some reason, for some... But that's an old-school Hollywood... <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, because I don't think... Has anyone done... A, an iris out in a movie since like the 1950s that wasn't some kind of like art ironic artificial like eh, we're just I doing old, like, like Looney they, Tunes joke I feel or like something. they'd be in a Star Wars movie are they in their Star yeah, Wars movies yeah that's actually movies? a good point yeah they're, well, technically, every Star Wars movie does end with an Iris out. Yeah. Because, like, that that's how it says the the director's credit is, like, that Iris out, and it says directed by George Lucas. Uh, um, so, uh, okay. Uh, Gary Cooper and Betty Grable were offered the lead parts, but neither of them wanted anything to do with them. Huh. Gary Cooper thought it would be bad for his career to play such a villainous villain. He's a real, I mean, this is a real villainous fucker, though, too. Yeah. I could see why this could scare some people off. And if you're curious, the $10,000 that he hid inside the doll would be one hundred seventy-five k now. Oh, Jesus. So. Okay, I could see. And during the Depression era, that's... That's a lot of cash. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Uh, and I was... I didn't take a lot of knowledge notes, but... Um, uh, Have you ever seen? I was really surprised that the body under the water was sh- uh, a dummy because it looked. It, I mean, that's it, recognizable as that actress. It's it not fooled, just it fooled one of the studio execs. He thought it was actually her. Hmm. So. Yeah. I guess. Hmm. Yeah, because like like the special effects technology at the time wasn't like that super advanced, especially to make a dummy. Because it's it's not just like a distant shot too. You see, really see that dummy up yeah. close. Yeah. It's not like from a distance. It's a good dummy. And like, yeah, that's yeah. I wonder who the 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 uh, makeup guy on this movie was. Have you ever seen Do the Right Thing? No. Uh, there's a character named Radio Raheem in that movie who has he has brass knuckles that say love and hate. Hmm. Um, I'm assuming that must be a reference. To Probably. This movie. Although he gets killed in that movie, and his his death is he's actually uh, just he's a good guy in that movie. He's not a bad guy. Um. Um. So yeah, I it was fine. I will never watch it again. Aw. I, I don't think I'd recommend it to people i noted they must have emptied a zoo in order to keep shoving all the animals into the riverside uh scenes. oh yeah like rabbits because it keeps on doing this thing where like because there's a thousand riverside shots of them just like going down the river they keep on like the camera keeps on passing like turtles and rabbits and chickens and ducks and squirrels yeah um also at i can't remember who says it but at some point someone says it's a hard world for the little things I think it must be Cooper says that at Probably. some point, uh, which is funny because that's a line from Arizona, uh, Raising Arizona. Um, also, uh, the director, uh, Cooper, the, the lady, that, uh, Gish, the lady that played her, uh, asked the director, why do you want me in this movie? And he said, because when you were in cinemas, people used to sit up straight in their chairs and now they're slouching on the edges. All right. Well. Is, she was a silent film actress. Yeah. I've, not, yeah. I've, I've only seen like one or two other things. But... And the, actually, this doesn't involve the movie, but it involves her. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins' first album, Gish, is named after her. Hmm. Why? Uh, I don't know. Speech. Maybe they like yeah, her. Maybe oh, she wasn't like bad or anything like that. Why don't um, anybody name any of the albums? What do you think about Raising Arizona? I've never seen it. <laughs> what? I said I've never seen it. I don't know if I've seen any Coen. Bro- I've seen chunks of Old Brother. Which is why I'm not one of those people who's like, you have to watch Coen all Coen Brothers. Brothers movies. Then again, I am. Man, Raising Arizona was one of the best films. Yeah, we'll of get all around time. to that. Uh, well, they're like, they're like, like I, I, I circled back to the "It's a Hard World for the Little Things" uh, line because this. I wonder. These uh, the Coen Brothers are obviously a fan of this movie to some degree. Aside from the fact that they lifted this line, it's a hard th- a world for the little things for raising Arizona. But like, there's something about the artifice in this movie I can kind of see is kind of like also, 
not to say like their whole filmmaking shtick was just taken solely from this movie, but I could see why they would be a fan of Night of the Hunter because uh, the Coen Brothers, their movies had have always have kind of a weird sense of artifice too, kind yeah. of arch, kind of like unnaturalness in terms of like some of the characters or even some like it's like if well, in terms of like the Hudsucker proxy, like even like even the set design and everything like that. So I can kind of see how they could be, especially how that movie's Night of the Hunter is such a fable, and so many of their movies are kind of like little miniature fables. I can kind of see why that would be a big impact. And, yeah, again, the German Expressionistic, like, the, 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 again, so much of the movie, this movie looks like a 1930s universal horror movie, like Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, like, especially, like, that scene where Powell's on that horse and the silhouette in the distance and everything like that, like, like, that German Expressionistic where it's all, um, yeah, it's super stark blacks on, on, on the white sky and, like, how the whole, like, all the scenes, the middle third of the movie where they're on the boat, seems to take place in this weird like everything's always like at dusk for some reason, despite the time of day. Yeah, it's like again, it's just I I I thought that was really interesting looking. I think it's a really cool looking movie. Well, yeah, um, I mean, so is Amberson's, but yeah. it's the cinematographer's doing not. Yeah. I don't know well, the director kind of so I I always thought this was the same one. This this movie's kind of a weird throwback to uh, to like a cinematic style that hadn't existed for 20 years but when this movie had been made. I'm noticing a theme where movies get on, like, the best movies of all times list, and they're not really that good. Yeah, I saw, like, some list, some movie list had, this was second best movie yeah. of all time after Citizen like Kane. Like, Amberson, Citizen Kane, this, a lot of people are like, well, there's some great movies. Especially but, those lists tend to be mm. put together by older people. I mean, these are movies that these people grew up with that were new, and, like, yeah. these these people were, like, just like, you know, like, like right now, like, you have so many people arguing that like, Shawshank Redemption is the best movie of all time, just because that was on cable all the time when they were growing up. Or Star Wars, just because, like, Star Wars such as a huge cinematic impact now, where it's like, you talk to people 50 years from now, they're like, Star Wars? The Godfather? Really? Those are, like, your best movies of all time? Yeah. So. Well, it's, you know, things change. It was a fine movie, but I don't think, yeah. Meh. I was intrigued by it. I didn't necessarily I can fall see in love with it, but I, I, could I thought. S- I could see people hating it. Yeah. I could well, see I could the say. fact that he turns into Daffy Duck near the end of the movie, <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally turning people off. That is so... If nothing, wonder, if wonder... nothing else, if, if you haven't seen this movie and you're listening to this for whatever reason, just see if you can find a clip on YouTube of him getting shot, because it's fucking ridiculous. Again, I've never seen... It's, it's, it's been rare that I've you seen know, a movie where the drama gets leached now, out. Now, I would hate so... to give you more work, Bill, but would it be, would it be possible for you to put his hoot and holler at the very <laughs> tail end of this? Let's see. If, if it's there, enjoy. If it's not, <laughs> don't blame Bill. Yeah. I asked him for too much. <laughs> if it's on YouTube, I could probably rip it pretty easily. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm not quite sure. Oh, we'll, we'll see what well, I can do. Yeah. Because <laughs> that... It, it, is, like it is legitimately it is, it hilarious. Is, I, I, I almost refuse to believe it's Robert Mitchum. Because Robert Mitchum is such a, like, like, such a low-key laid-back guy for this movie that, yeah, like, but he, he all, actually got he hit also, Yahoo, Yahoo. Yeah, but when he, he also makes that sound that's when he gets true, hit on the head by him. the shelf. That's like, oh. Because it does sound like they brought, brought in Mel Blanc <laughs> to do the voiceover stuff. So, anyway. So, anyway, I, like, I, like... Like it just because it's that got was... one foot in like old 1930s Universal stuff and another foot kind of predicting more kind of the weird religious serial killers and movies from like the 60s and 70s like anti-hero bullshit. Yeah. But I don't know. That was okay. Yeah, that was the magnificent. Or not magnificent. That was the magnificent Night of the that Hunter. That was Night, Night of the Hunter. Another, the another Hunter. movie that Bill wanted to watch that I had never heard of before. Uh, and you probably had. Have you never even heard about it before? I've. I don't know. I don't. I don't remember hearing about it, but I might have. 
Mm. But next week, we'll be back with uh, American Werewolf in London and what I thought of that, because I'd never seen it before. Uh, so until then, keep filling them holes mm. of pop culture. Daffy Duck away. <laughs> See you guys. Yeah.